As always, a big thank you to Mary Green for her music, her composition, Passing Places. You can find out more about Mary Green and her music at marygreen.com or pop onto my own website, www.bonnytours.com and follow the story from there. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Passing Places. If you're a regular listener to the show, welcome back. And if you're new to Passing Places, I say every week it's my personal podcast. It's my personal diaries of my travels around Scotland, mainly by motorhome, but also by motorcycle, and with some hill walking thrown in for good measure. Now you join me this week at Bricks and Mortar. Uh, Cabin fever is in full flow. I am so frustrated. The podcast this week's uh, at least a day late, and I've been scratching my head about how to deliver the podcast when I haven't been out in the van now for at least three weeks. So I'm picking the van up. I thought I was picking the van up on Saturday. I'm going to have to make some arrangement to get it this week. I'll cover my uh, pitfalls over the last few days. So I'm still at home and traveling around Scotland doesn't quite work as a, a topic if you're sitting in a flat for two or three weeks. I did manage up to Oban for an overnight last week, and I'll cover some of that. So this week's episode is going to be relatively brief, but uh, let's start off with a couple of shout-outs. I said last week that uh, I apologised a couple of times at the start of the podcast, and I would like to start off with a couple of apologies this week. I was due at a mini-meet in Schoon, just outside Perth, and I planned to pick my van up on the Saturday afternoon, and head over for an overnight in Schoon. And I found myself in a little place called Octorada late Saturday afternoon. And I was filling up my car with provisions, thinking about this wonderful evening I'd have in the campsite at Schoon. And the penny finally dropped that I didn't have any road tax for the van. And it's, long story short, I put the van into the garage for its MOT because I couldn't tax it for the month ahead because the tax office online recognised the van would no longer be or would have a valid MOT. So finally got the van all sorted, welding work completed, the habitation checks uh, done, the service, and I find myself in Octorada on the way to pick the van up and suddenly remember that the van has no road tax. I felt like a total fool and I decided to cut my losses and return home because I couldn't get, I didn't have any documentation with me and I wouldn't get to a post office on the Saturday to get the van properly road taxed and there was no chance of getting road taxed on a Sunday so apologies to the Talbot Motorhome users group, I really did want to catch up with you and I'm somehow absent from the mini-meet, so I'll try and get to the next one. And I hope that didn't cause any great inconvenience for folk. And uh, whilst I'm on apologies, as I started last week, I'd like to just apologise to Jules Partridge. I was quite happily calling him Hook last week, and I don't know if that's the predictive text on the iPad. I quite liked my little line about let's hook up with hooks. But uh, Jules has been in touch through iTunes this week, so let's just cover a couple of iTunes reviews. Jules was on iTunes and he left a review saying that if you like motorhomes and camper vans and wild camping, then 
you would really enjoy the podcast because I cover the more remote and beautiful parts of Scotland and probably because he knows these places. We all share this slight concern that the more we talk about them, the more popular they'll become and the less attractive they might become in, as a result. So, so thanks for that review, Jules, and uh, I've got your name right. And I know that you're interested in wildlife and things, and I'm really keen to get you on the podcast in the next few weeks, so let's keep in touch. I'd also like to mention another review on iTunes, Hamish Crofter, uh, actually a chap called Martin Farquhar. And I tried to get hold of Martin on Facebook, because Martin is keen to start a podcast himself and develop a website. He's out working in Afghanistan, and he said that the podcast is a great way for him to feel that he is back home and he would like to develop this podcast around his little croft that he's developing on Sky. So get in touch, Martin. I tried to find you on Facebook, but there was too many people against your name, and I wasn't sure which one you might be. So if you could reach out to me, we can get in touch, and maybe I can help you avoid some of the obvious mistakes at the outset if you're thinking about developing either a website or a podcast. But thank you for the reviews. And then another chap, chap, could be a, a woman for all I know, wrap up, wrap up, R-E-H-P-U-P. I think wrap up sounds a good name for going out and traveling about in Scotland in the winter. But uh, they left a really short, but really poignant review for me, which was, this man does more for tourism than the Scottish Tourist Board. Keep up the brilliant work. So that brought a smile to my face. Uh, my intention isn't to compete with the Scottish Tourist Board, but if I can find a way of developing a community of people who have a passion for Scotland, then the podcast is a success. So thank you, Wrap Up, Jules and Martin, for your kind reviews on iTunes. It really does help the podcast maintain a high profile on iTunes. And I know many of you don't listen through iTunes, but let me persevere for just a couple more. I went on to the iTunes store in the USA this morning and I found a couple more reviews. One from somebody called me, 123456. And they said that the podcast was a, a great way to get some insights into the less touristy parts of Scotland. And like everybody else, uh, so far they left me a five-star review, so that was really good. And then another chat, VDE George. And I, think I, can, I can just call you George because I know you've left a comment on my website earlier on. So thank you, George, for your review. You have a yearning to visit Scotland. And the podcast makes it, makes you feel as if you're already there. So that's a, a success for me. And I hope we can keep in touch. And if you ever get to Scotland, I always say it'd be great to catch up with you on your travels around Scotland. So thank you for all those people on iTunes. And if you're not on iTunes, you're listening on a, an Android phone or a Windows phone or you're listening on the web, you can get in touch. Contact me, feedback at ponytours.com. Use a little voice speak voicemail service. Leave a comment on the website. And you can also join the Passing Places podcast group on Facebook. And... <clears throat> And finally, finally, telling. And finally, 
finally, in terms of telling you all these things that you should be doing as listeners, I have started a, a proper mailing list. I've put a form on the front page of bonnytours.com and I would like to keep in touch with a regular newsletter for people about the development of the podcast and I'm going to try and include some additional exclusive content for people who join me through mail, through their email. So if you'd like to register, just drop on to www.bonnytours.com and sign up for the regular Passing Places podcast newsletter. So yes, I'm stuck at bricks and mortar and it's driving me crazy, stir crazy. I was down in Glasgow on Monday morning on the school run from Stirling, headed down the M80, our almost brand new motorway link to Glasgow and the road was gridlocked. And I don't want to revisit my rant from the school run some weeks ago when I was travelling through Glasgow. But uh, I hit all the traffic going into Glasgow. I crossed over to the south side and I then met all the traffic going into Glasgow from the south side to the north. And I got back up the road tearing my hair out. And if you remember last week and if you visit my website, I'm spending a lot of time talking about how do you jump off the hamster wheel and try and live the dream from your van somewhere in Scotland. And I was just so frustrated by that journey on Monday morning. And add on to the fact that the the dark nights have arrived, the weather's changing, and I am pretty fed up with life living in a, a flat in Stirling. So I need to get back out the door. I'm at my best when I'm out about and doing some recording, so <laughs> I really do need to get out the door very, very soon. So the website and the podcast is developing really well. The viewing numbers, viewing numbers, the listening numbers continue to rise, which is down to you, the person who's listening to this right now. So I've got to thank you. And I'm really pleased with my new website and this idea of uh, being able to develop some income. If I'm honest, I've been preoccupied over the last week or so with helping people out uh, developing new websites and assisting people in setting up podcasts. So I've actually been very busy, but I do know that I need to get back out on the road soon. And here's a promise. For next week's episode, I'll have some content and I'll be out somewhere in Scotland. So it can only get better. This has probably been the most difficult podcast to start this week because I'm so frustrated and fed up with being home. One topic I would like to leave with you for your thoughts and your feedback and your comments is this whole idea of how motorhome owners are perceived when they're out and about. I remember a, a demonstration down in Lincolnshire. I can't remember the, the actual location. I think it was, was it Huff, Hufftoff Beach Car Park where the council have put in height restriction barriers and some motorhome owners had a little sit-in for 24 hours or so. And they were really frustrated by the fact that the council has decided to effectively ban motorhome users from their car parks. Now, I'd imagine the problem down in England is a little bit more acute given the density of the population and the pressure on these 
uh, scenic spots. But there is a, that was just Skid making his contribution to the podcast, having a good shake. But there is this whole issue about how motor homeowners are perceived when they're out and about. Uh, people in cars often find that they get stuck behind a motorhome and get frustrated. But it seems to be the, the knee-jerk reaction from the general public when they see a motorhome parked up in a scenic spot that it's uh, somewhere between neutral and negative. They definitely don't feel that motorhome owners are necessarily a good thing and they don't like to see motorhomes parked up. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. It's certainly not a problem in the more rural parts of Scotland, but uh, I certainly don't feel I'm the most popular guy, the most popular road user when I'm out in the van. And it always uh, amazes me when I think of the experience in France where almost every town and village is set up to attract motorhome owners in and they have fantastic facilities. You know, these places where you can park up, you can hook up your electricity, you can empty your wastewater, you can really feel as if they're welcoming you to the local village and they realise that you have a contribution to make as a visitor in terms of the local economy. So if you've got any thoughts on this, whether you currently have a camper van or a motorhome or you're thinking about buying one and using one, there is a definite negative general negativity towards motorhome owners and motorhome users and it gets played out in the more uh, sensitive um, areas in Scotland where there's a high demand in terms of visitors, particularly during the summer. I've even seen it on the banks of Loch Lomond in Scotland. So this is not a big issue for me. I do think Scotland could do so much more to attract home motorhome owners in from across Europe and we just need to we just need to work out how to communicate our message. The answer that I hear from local councillors uh, in council areas is that why don't these motorhome owners go off and use campsites? That's what they're there for. And if anything gets my back up, it's the idea that if you want to go out and be self-sufficient in your van and enjoy the more remote areas and you are able to do it and leave no trace of your visit, why would you ever want to line up, park on a nicely cut grass lawned area and live for 24 hours or a couple of days in the same way that you have to do in suburbia or in your own home? in a typical street somewhere in Scotland, England or Wales because campsites for me are very toy town. They really do drive me nuts. Uh, I use them to get my laundry done and to get some uh, Wi-Fi, to get a shower. And increasingly I realise I can do almost everything that I need to do in the van. Uh, probably with the exception of mains power. I can get by for three or four days at a time, so... There is this really negative view about motorhome owners and it's maybe partly in the same way that people get frustrated or have a, a negative view of people who run around in Range Rovers or fancy cars. I don't know whether they think people in motorhomes are unfairly better off than they are, but there's a definite sense that motorhomes don't belong and the more scenic areas are out in the wild. So 
get in touch with your own thoughts about that. I do know that there's a, another issue, which is even amongst motorhome owners, that travellers, people from a cultural point of view who have been for generations travellers, uh, attract a lot of discrimination and people very quickly cite uh, actual examples where travellers have been a problem. That there is this general animosity towards the travelling community and if I end up f- travelling full-time in my van, I won't have the cu- cultural heritage that some travellers have. In terms of my lifestyle, you could probably call me a traveller and maybe I'll become uh, somebody who's been perceived as being on the outside of society. So uh, get in touch. I'd love to have a proper discussion about this. It's something that I would like to cover in future episodes. But it's just uh, a thought as I sit here in bricks and mortar, reminded of the the hamster wheel and the ant parade from Monday, that if you do take to the road in your van, you might hit some other problems with how you're perceived by other people. So if you've had any examples, any experience of a sense of being unwelcome and equally, probably more importantly, if you've had good experiences out in the road, then get in touch and let me know. So as I say, I'm sitting here totally frustrated. A very short episode this week. A key rule in podcasting is uh, don't keep talking unless you've got some decent content. So I'm going to bring this episode to a very early conclusion and the bonus might be the next week. We'll have a full episode with some insights and some feedback about my experiences out and about in Scotland. So thanks for listening. Stay with me, bear with me, and we'll take the story out on the road next week. So as I say always, if you're out and about in Scotland on your travels, it would be great to catch up at some point in the future. So I'll play out with Mary Green's music, our composition passing places. Thank you. If you're listening to this little section, you might be interested in getting some assistance to set up a website or for somebody to manage your website. So here's what I've been thinking about in terms of my medium to longer term plans about continuing to travel in my van. I've had lots of experience since the internet started of working with websites and setting up my own website. So if you're an individual or a, a group or maybe a small business and you're looking to start up a website or you're looking to completely revamp your website, perhaps you should get in touch and I can give you a very competitive quote. I don't tend to charge for designing, creating and setting up a website. My thought is just to do that for free, to do that for free as a gesture, but to ask for a a regular small monthly amount to allow me to manage the website. And there's lots of things that you need to have if your website is going to be effective. So I can manage search engine optimization. I can ensure all the security 
plugins are up to date and all the plugins that you need to run your website. All my websites run on WordPress, which is the best platform, I think, for creating websites. And there's something like 30,000 different plugins which allow you to manage security but provide you with all the, the bells and whistles you need. Contact forums and image galleries and all sorts of widgets to run Twitter feeds and all these sorts of things. So I can do all that for you. I can do backups on a daily basis. I can add content for you. I can jointly manage access to the website if you want to update your own content. So these are all things I can do for probably a relatively small number of people, but it'd be a way for me to uh, maintain a small income. And in turn, you would be in effect sponsoring the whole Passing Places podcast project. So if you're interested, just uh, drop me a line. Best way to contact me is feedback at bonnytours.com. And if you pop onto the website, I've added a, a menu button at the top of the site, which says web design. And in the next few days, I'll add a couple of sites, which I currently manage to give you an idea of uh, what I'm currently doing, as well as my own website has been completely built and managed by myself to date. So that's just a thought. And if you're interested, get in touch. Thank you.